Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in the world today, once again, I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ and I welcome you to, wow, what a show. Oh my goodness, it is a show. Let me tell you today, really, the, I think we're in the um, in the part of the production of God's world when you are on the edge of your seat wondering indeed what will because the heat is more than oppressive. It is smeltering where I am. And it isn't so much that the temperature is all that high, which I think it really is, but it's very humid. And when there is humidity and heat, honest to goodness, one can feel like one is melting. And so I kind of do feel like I'm melting, and that's the real truth. But nonetheless, I am not. And if I am, I am not losing anything that I could not afford to lose. You know, <laughs> I'm really in, in the mood for uh, at least a 10 pound drop. And I'm asking the Lord to help me do that. So this heat might be just one of those ways that I can begin because I've been very, very busy. And that plus the perspiration is good for the skin. And it's also um, showing me that I'm, I must be using some calories, right? So good, good, good. May God bless us all. We are here and we are definitely in the 20th chapter. It is the 20th day of the month. And I, you know, I'm so bad at paying attention to the, the date that sometimes I can get it all wrong. So I'm double checking just to make sure. And today we are in the 20th chapter. That is good. I'm so glad we're, we're right on it. Okay. And we're going to read because we had an excellent expose this morning. Um, Minister Amy Kenneth was with us and she did a really good job of taking us through this chapter and highlighting those um, verses, those wisdom sayings that we had not uh, gone fully through. So I'm going to try to play some really wonderful background music uh, during the reading so that, um, you know, it isn't just a boring, dry reading. I don't have that great a voice, but I want, I want something there to kind of support. And I want you to meditate again on what is being read and um, ask yourself if these things apply to you right? Because they could very well be exactly what um, the Lord is saying to you, the person. And the only way we know that is that we play close attention. So as I read, please play, uh, pay close attention. And I will call the name of the verse, the number of the verse, so that you can jot it down if you like, or make a little mark in your Bible if you want, that's what I often do. I just mark my own Bible and, uh, you know, I make little notes there in the margin. So I'll know uh, to go back and to review that. And then I'll ask the Lord what he means, what he wants me to get from it. You know what I mean? And uh, he often will speak and let you know. And that's what we want to do. We want to grow thereby. You know, we really want to grow so that uh, our lives are more a reflection of who we really are, born again of the spirit of the living God. Truly we are. And the Lord is um, bringing us uh, to eternity. And we want to get there. Don't we want to get there? I do. And I hope you do too. 
you know, our music is so um, out of my control almost, you know, this volume thing. But here it is, I hope. Okay, so it's background to what we're saying. Please, uh, if you would make make notes for yourself, and I hope the music isn't distracting, it's different than what we ever had. It's called introspection, so I hope it causes us to introspect, okay? Oh, hi there, Light Touch. I'm so glad you're here. Just going to read. I'm listening to this to see if we really want to have this in our background. Good, good evening to everybody. Just you and me right now. Okay, so I'm not so sure I like that music. I think I don't like that music at all. So I will uh, definitely go to the uh, the go-to, the one that we are so accustomed to hearing in the background, and it just does a good job for us. So I'm reading from Proverbs chapter 20, and tonight we'll just read through makes you know a few comments and move on because it's six o'clock and many people probably have forgotten it would come at six and we're going to meet with pastor thomas i do pray at eight so here we go chapter 20 verse one wine is a mocker beer is a brawler and whoever staggers because of them is not wise you know it's the truth Really and truly, I, I remember telling you the story of um, the young lady who would always drink beer after our um, work uh, our work shift, right? And she was she would get so very very inebriated, so much so that she wasn't so much brawling as she was not able to control um, her her balance. And she was always throwing up. That little crew had a little problem. You know, they it just wasn't working for me. Um, and I was trying to do, you know, the, I don't know. The, I don't remember ever drinking beer like that. I like beer, but I would never have had it like that, right? But eventually, it just wasn't a good place for me to be. And I did indeed resign the position. Um, so that is worth taking note of, especially young people who, as they're growing, they're trying to find their way. And many of the friends or the acquaintances or people that they go out with will start this drinking thing. Well, it's not only drink anymore, there are drugs as well. And we have to really, really, really shun those things that can become real problems in our lives. You never know who really has the predilection for addiction. And if you do have it, as you know, we are told, you could be addicted to alcohol or to drugs. Alcohol is fierce on the body. It is absolutely a, a terrible, um, it, it causes erosion in your organs. You really don't want to do that. And the addiction of alcohol is just horrendous when you are trying uh, to come off of it. So I just want to stop and make sure that we are paying attention uh, as we go. And I'll do verse by verse. Second verse, a king, a king's terrible wrath is like the roaring of a lion. Anyone who provokes him endangers himself. This morning, I really love the fact that Sister uh, Amy, Minister Amy Cannett, brought our attention to one. She said she wondered if definitely the king, we were talking about the king, or if he was talking about the king of kings, who is almighty God. 
And though uh, God's mercy uh, finds us in each new day and his forgiveness is there when we confess and ask him, he is a God who eventually has wrath. He must because there is a righteousness in him. There is an equity in him. And therefore, he will indeed cause a recompense for the just and for the unjust. And the thing about the just is that our our righteousness is not imputed to us because of, 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 of who we are, but it is imputed to us because we have accepted the righteous covering of Jesus Christ by simply believing that God sent him to that cross to pay for my sins and your sins and the whole world's sins. So whoever comes to him has a covering. And then he begins to raise us up as we are born again. You see, we are actually born again of the spirit of almighty God. And in so being, we then have the covering and we are able to be raised by him as his new creatures, his new creations, born again. And verse three says, it is honorable for a man to resolve a dispute, but any fool can get himself into a quarrel. And you know, it's so. We've talked about this uh, in previous ones, so I don't belabor it. Uh, definitely it's always honorable to dissolve a, a dispute because as it comes to me, we are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, God says. They shall, I think they, they will uh, inherit eternal life or they shall see God. One of the two, one of the two. I, I can't remember just, just yet, but definitely there is a recompense uh, for, for good. And the Lord honors that in a man. Verse, uh, verse four, the slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time, he looks and there is nothing. Now, this is amazing, you know, and I think all of us can kind of fall into this trap, right, of not doing things in a timely way. When it's when it's uh, time to sow, we should be sowing. And believe it or not, the strength of, of a man is his youth, the glory. There's one part that says that of a young man is his strength. In those years, we should be sowing. We should really be allowing the Lord to bring us up in, and our parents, our parents are standing there as God's uh, helpers to our lives. So as young children, we should learn obedience as Jesus Christ had to learn obedience. He sh we should learn to do the will of our parents when they are in the Lord and when they are not, as long as they're the will of, that they, they require of us does not take us from God's will. We should learn submission and humility. And then you see, as we age, these are attributes and characteristics that will bring back to us the good that we search for in life anyway. So by God's grace, do not be a slacker. Don't be one who puts it off, who just got kind of, you know, prostitute, procrastinator. I am so chief at that. And then at the last minute, I have to burn, burn, burn to get a thing done. I used to be worse than I am now. I'm really getting better. And I thank God for that. But there was a time when I was a slacker like that, right? And um, I have I have some some regrets about that because in school I was a slacker. I really wouldn't do my homework on time, and you know I did sometimes. And then I went on off to college, and and I I never learned to study. I really hadn't. Um, but 
you know, it took me two years. I left, I came back, and it was only when I came back after I had actually uh, been in practice where I was a dancer. So in that world, you know, you got to have the discipline. You really do. You cannot be a slacker or you'll never get to do anything, right? And I really, I just graduated to understanding, even though my parents were not in any way slackers. Both of them were very much uh, on-time people. And they did things in the right season. My mother was a canner and she put away uh, fruits and things for the winter. You know, my dad, because he couldn't work, they prepared for all this. And so we were never without. May the Lord make us to be people who can see the need of getting things done in a timely fashion. And sometimes even with expedience, because everything just won't wait around for you. Alrighty. So uh, verse five says, um, Counsel in a man's heart is deep water, but a man of understanding draws it up. And that is exactly right. A man of understanding will indeed seek it out. And if it's in himself, he will want it to always inform his context, whatever he's living through, whatever he's going through at the time, whatever he's facing. And if it isn't, he will seek it out. A man of understanding does that. The Proverbs have told us that a couple of times. And like I told you, you know, the, the repetition of it, I think, are for two reasons. One, to emphasize what God really cares about and how he cares for us. He's to letting you know in advance, as far in advance as he can, of of uh, these situations, so you will make uh, the the necessary adjustments to your own character, and we allow him to do it. Because can we change? Absolutely, only with God can we indeed change. So he's doing that so that we might indeed um, uh, be better suited for the time when harvest comes. You see, when when you're a slacker, you do all this, and you look out. And you wish you had, see, because there's nothing there for you. You wish you had, right? So we don't want to do that. And we always want to seek godly counsel, right? Wisdom comes from the mouth of God. And if God, if he speaks it, it's it's really for the bank. You can take it to the bank. You can tr truly depend on it. So a man of understanding draws it up out of the depths of the, the heart of those who are uh learning wisdom. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty, but who can find a trustworthy man? This one I think we ought to also pay, pay attention to too, because many times we put our trust in people far uh, before we know who they really are. And people will promise to do a thing. They'll make you think that there's right beside you. And when the time comes to do it, if anything else calls their names, they're going for it. It never fails. I have experienced this many times. And the thing about it for me is the Lord has finally, uh, well, not finally, for a long time, I've always understood. I, you said you will, you know, but I keep checking in. I keep checking in because I'm thinking, you know, that at any moment, that person won't, won't prove themselves to do what they said they would do, right? So I check in and I've got the plan B and the plan B is me. If, I, if nobody else can, I can and I will. And if I can't and there's no one to stand, we just move it right along. But take take heed, right? Um, many proclaim that they are loyal, but they are not. The one who lives with integrity is, is a righteous. His children 
who come after him will be happy. Honest to goodness, really and truly. Integrity brings a good name and you want to leave a good name for your children. You never want your children to be embarrassed by who you are, you know, to the degree that you can uh, fix it, right? We are who we are. We can't change it. And sometimes the children will be embarrassed because what, I don't know, you know, that's, that's a child for you. But integrity is honesty. Integrity is also trust, trustworthiness. Integrity is picking up uh, the the very uh, uh, labor that you have before you in order to care for others. And so we want to live uh, as people of integrity because this word says that, that person is righteous. A king sitting on a throne to judge sits out all sits out all evil with his eyes. Oh my goodness, yes. Now remember, uh, we, we are in this chapter because Minister uh, Amy did it. I want to do it as well. The King of Kings sees all, hears all, knows all, and so he can see you and he can see me. When our motives and the intents of our heart are not in alignment with what they should be, even though our mouths may be speaking a certain thing, God knows he sees it and he will indeed uh, uh, judge it. it we, we, are, we are under God's scrutiny. And when we stand before him, oh, thank God for Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed for my sins. But we still will have to give an account of the deeds that have been done in the flesh. And by our words, we also will be justified or condemned. So let's get some good words coming out and make those words line up with what the intent of the heart is. In fact, work from heart first and the words will follow. Who can say I have kept my heart pure? I am cleansed from my sin. And again, it, it is quite rhetorical, just as, uh, as Sister Amy said this morning. The answer, of course, we know the answer. None of us really, really and truly not one of us can proclaim that we are pure in heart. Oh no, we are by the grace of almighty God redeemed from the penalty of that which we are so caught in. And that is the nature of sin. And let me tell you, we are cleansed, not because we are pure, but because of the washing of the word of God. He continues to cleanse us as he is raising us up. Differing weights and varying measures, both are detestable to the Lord. We already talked about that. When you were playing around with the balance of things, you are actually in deceit. You are really uh, dealing in lies and, and stealth. And who, that is not God's way at all. That is the way of the natural carnal uh, person. Not even carnal, that's the flesh of man to do such evil things. And we do these things against someone else because remember, life is only relationships. All that happens in your life, think about it. You do nothing without being in relationship with someone else whether it's an intimate relationship or casual relationship or professional relationship, or it's just, I passed you on the street and, you know, we spoke relationship. We are related all day long, every day outside of our own selves. And therefore we must find ourselves to be true in every dealing with others. Uh, even a young man is known by his actions, by whether he has, uh, his behavior is pure and upright. There you go. Nobody escapes this. You know, when we teach school, and I did for a minute, 
Uh, you, you see young people who are so ooh, ornery. Oh, gosh, so hard to reach. You know, and many times children are that way, not just because they're mean of uh, spirited. And, you know, every child is born mean. Of course, you know, they want their way. But because they may have had traumas or something like that. But still in all, the actions reveal the behavior. And his, his behavior is not pure and upright. And so we are raising them. Anytime you allow children to go on and on and on, acting out in wrong behavior, you, some, some parents look at their kids and they have, the kids are being terrible and they just, oh, it's so cute. I used to watch the, the children in the church um, uh, plays and stuff and some little children would be up there just laughing and carrying on, you know, old enough to know better. And I say old enough when you when you get five, six years old, you, mom and dad ought to be able to help you out a little bit, right? And I just would think, oh my goodness, Lord, help, help, help us with our children. And so that is um, uh, to be noted. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. He surely has. And in his image, he made us. So if he gave us hearing ears, and seeing eyes. He also has them. And that just relates back to everything that we are saying throughout these Proverbs. We're not getting by with anything. God sees and he hears. We also see and we also hear. So he's given us sight and we can discern many things. And we better pay attention to the thing that we discern and then run it past the Lord because all that we see is not what it is, right? And all that we hear is not what it is. But hearing comes by the of the word of God, faith, um, comes, we, we have to hear God's word and that improves our sight. In fact, it gives us discernment. It also improves our hearing. So when we heed his word, it adds to the quality of our character. Uh, don't love sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes and you'll have enough to eat. Absolutely. You know, a little slumber, a little sleep, a little twirling of the hands. It is written in the earlier Proverbs, <laughs> so shall thy poverty come. Yes, there are many reasons when people do not have sufficiency. There are many reasons that they cannot work. So we're not to judge. We are supposed to pay attention to the poor. And where, where we can help, we help. There have been times when I've needed a job. Praise God, there were some people who saw my need and tried to help or referred me this place or that place. You know, I was unemployed and I never even thought about drawing unemployment. And someone brought that to my attention and I was able to get unemployment and uh, was, you know, was kind of taken care of until I found the next job. These are matters that we must uh, pay attention to and help others when they are poor. However, if you are that person who would sleep you know, and, and you would just like um, not open your ears and, and, and not, you know, provide for you to have sufficiency. Change. Let, let the Lord help you. Uh, sometimes we're just lost. and We don't know what to do. Get on your knees, fast and pray, do whatever you have. To. Of course, if you don't have enough food, fast and it's a good thing. And then just make it worth something. Just while you're, you don't, while you don't have enough, say, Lord, I, my, in, in this time when I don't have enough to eat, it's a good time for me to hear you. My belly is empty. And so my spirit is open and he will guide and direct your paths. I know he will. I am a witness. It's worthless. It's worthless. The buyer says, but after he is on his way, he gloats. Let me tell you, yeah, somebody is out there pretending 
<laughs> pretending, right? You, you this is not worth this. It, you, you know, trying to get the best deal, trying to get the best deal. They're trying to steal a thing from the person who's selling it. And I say, wrong, wrong. You know, hagglers come along. And so people have gotten wise, of course, in, in our uh, little markets. And they will mark stuff way up. So, they go, so if they haggle with you, they're not losing a dime. I want you to know that. So uh, respect, respect the person who is selling and to make sure that you are not haggling, you know, and thinking that you've done a thing because they got you. It's wrong to do it anyway. If I set a just price, that just price contains uh, in it the, the part of the work that you didn't have to do. You didn't have to make it. You didn't have to transport it. You didn't have to package it. You didn't have to do any of that. So a just price. Now, we, you know when things are not just, you know, sometimes people like to buy stuff just because it, it, it is expensive and it makes them look rich. Well, you're not really. I mean, if you're rich, you're rich. But if you're not, why would I want to overpay for anything? So take heed. There is gold and a multitude of jewels, but knowledge, knowledgeable lips are a rare treasure over and over again. Those knowledgeable lips re really knowledge. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And so when we come to Christ, he's teaching us all the time. And when you share, you spread knowledge abroad. So the, the, the proverb says you are you are using understanding, sharing the word of God, making sure that people hear, not necessarily you quoting the scripture. We don't have to you know, be verbatim in the scriptures to share the wisdom of God, his word. Do that and you inform someone else's life for good. Take his garment for he has put up security for a stranger. Get collateral if it is for foreigners. Yeah, we've, we've gone through this one too. You know, don't be a surety or friend. In other words, don't stand in, um, you know, to pay something for someone else. If you, you know, it's crazy because people may not pay and you'll get left holding the bag. Take it from me. It has happened uh, to me. And I and I knew this scripture, you know, and I, I had fought with myself about it. I wanted to do it for someone because I really, really cared for them. They're very close to me. Right. And I did. And I got several thousand dollars, by, by the way. But, you know, you swallow it and you ask God for forgiveness and you move on. Uh, but try not to do that. If you don't have sufficient to give, then don't stand as a surety. You know what I mean? Don't stand there uh, as because because it may not come back to you and then you you'll be caught in a bag and you'll have to give uh, what you cannot afford to give. Food gained by fraud is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth is full of gravel. Oh, well, dude, what a, what a, uh, is full of gravel. Is that a metaphor? Is that a simile? Woo, boy, that's, that's irony, really. Um, yeah, you know, um, fraud, you know what fraud is? It's, uh, what is fraud anyway? I kind of, uh, I can't kind of explain it. But um, F-R-A-U, oh, I'm sorry, I want to look it up because I'll give you a, a right uh, definition there. But when you, when you do um, wrong to, to gain something, it is never going to go right. And you know what? People, people are rich for a long time. They stay wealthy. It seems like they're never going to fall, right? They're never going to fall. But you know, it all comes back to you. God eventually is going to, he's going to let you, a kind of the old expression is you're going to hang yourself, right? And and the Bible says in the Psalms and other places, wickedness will slay the wicked. Eventually, this 
this catches up to you and you are going to have to pay the price. You really will. Two sorts of persons are here spoken of that are ruining their own estate and will be beggars shortly. And they're therefore are not to be trusted with any good security. I think I'm in the right chapter there. Food game no 17. So no, sin may be possible, may uh, possibly be pleasant in the commission. Bread of deceit, wealth gotten by fraud, by lying and oppressing, oppression uh, may be sweet. That's what fraud is. You know, fraud is when you say uh, that, uh, so if, if I put money in the bank, right? And I, um, I, deposit it as uh, a payment for work, right? But it wasn't payment for work. It was payment that was gained stealthily. In fact, in, in our country, uh, and I think I'm explaining this correctly, somebody correct me if I'm not, in the, in the U.S., if you, the, the bank, your the money that you deposit in the bank is monitored. So if you pay or deposit more than a certain amount of money, you really do have to give an account of it because it would be uh, snagged, and I know uh, President Biden was doing something, and, and they kind of want they bought th this out, and people were just so mad, mad, mad. Why would he do such a thing? I'm saying they're already doing such a thing. He's not doing such a thing. It is the law of the land. <laughs> I could never uh, deposit money at one one particular bank in my son's account without proper identification. Can you imagine that? To make put some money in your bank, I need to prove that I'm who I say I am and that this account belongs to who I say it belongs to. Why? Because they're monitoring the money. There's so much money that is gotten by ill gain that the you know, and, and so no taxes are paid on. The United States is trying to keep up with that, you see, and maybe other countries as well. So that's what it's saying here. If you get caught, it's gravel in the mouth, right? So that good food that you thought was so, so good, and that refers to anything that you thought was so, so good, <laughs> it turns to something that is like, what does gravel do in your mouth? Can you imagine? It must scratch and hurt the, the whole thing. So you will end up being in pain, as a matter of fact, as a result of that. And I don't mean physical pain. I mean shame and pain, that kind of pain. Finalize plans through counsel. This is verse 18 and wage war with sound guidance. Finalize plans through counsel and wage war with sound guidance. Now, Minister Amy put the herd on this one this morning. I was so, oh my goodness, I got so excited. She brought forth the fact that there is a time for war. So when you finalize a plan, right, with sound counsel, in other words, re remember in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Safety. If, if you make the decision yourself, you stand alone when it all falls, goes crazy, especially in legal affairs, right? Or in, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, when, you, when you make a, a decision with someone else and you shake on it, right? In agreements, right? So is, is when you have good counsel, the outcome is probably going to be, if it ever gets to that, to your benefit. Hence, when you write something and you, uh, so, so somebody, excuse me, somebody asked me to, to read something that they had written, right? And uh, I wanted to read it. I really did. But I also did not want it to be what? 
misconstrued that that I had stolen it if ever I used it again. It comes across, you know, we, we remember things and you start spouting it out and, and it could belong to someone else. But if that work is is already um, in the counts, if you've received counsel, in other words, copyright registration is good counsel. It's just good counsel. It belongs to you, then it's registered. And if you ever have to go through this, you will um, you will have uh, victory on your side. Uh, some people have, have been uh, the authors of, of Broadway plays or uh, music compositions that were uh, were used by others. I, I, I had a very, very, very good friend who was, um, he was uh, born with fetal alcohol syndrome, but he was very smart. He was a very smart and very well-raised human being. He wrote some two popular songs, if I call them, you would know. And he told me that when he went to California, because he was seeking the fame, you see, he met a man who took his songs and they were finally uh, produced and, and sung by a very famous person. And he didn't get the royalties on those songs. He didn't get them because, you see, he never had them copywritten. Now, the man who took them was kind enough, he said, to give him a couple of uh, hundred dollars from time to time. But the song was a number one hit. And I knew him very well. So he said, I'm going to prove it to you. He sang the song and he told me where they had changed it. He knew the, the lyrics and everything. It was his song. And he, he would just get sick, sick, sick to talk about it. This is what is being said here. Finalize your plans through counsel and wage, wage war with sound guidance and there is a time when war will be uh, required or when when the, yeah war, it'll be required uh, warfare is for us the christian not the same we're not talking about going to big war but of course if you're going to a big war you sure enough better have good counsel right and uh, and wage it with sound guidance and many countries have gone without sound guidance and we know of two wars in these places here the where we live and Oh, we just, it just went down to tubes, right? We didn't win. We were not overtaken, but we sure enough lost a lot of life in the, in the wars. So uh, pay attention there. The one who uh, reveals secrets is a constant go gossip and someone with a big mouth. <laughs> King James hasn't quite said this way, but remember, I'm, re I'm reading from the Holman Bible now, and it's very much like the King James. It doesn't change it a whole bunch, but that is just a good thing. Listen to that. The one who reveals secrets is a constant gossip. Avoid someone with a big mouth. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. You know, if you tell somebody, wait a minute. I've been told that once you say, keep my secret, you've already let it out. You should never, if you have a secret, keep it. Don't tell anybody. Just don't even trust anybody. I don't care how good you think you can trust them. Don't, right? Tell the Lord and be happy that you had him to tell because he won't talk about you and he will not taint your reputation. So avoid people with a big mouth. <laughs> and those are the ones who just tell all. Okay, <laughs> verse 20. Whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will go out in deep darkness. Oh my goodness. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The only commandment my mom used to say with a promise. Make sure that you honor them. I don't care who they are. I don't care what you think of them. Honor them. Because what you could not do is have yourself. And so God 
has uh, appointed parents to you and he has appointed you maybe to be their caretaker. So do it and do it with, with uh, gratitude in your heart and honor them in every way that you can. And remember, uh, it is written also that a disobedient child shall not live out half his days. So if you run around trying to, you know, uh, be evil to your parents, oh, some things that people will say to their parents, it really shocks me, shocks me really, and it hurts my feelings very much. So don't say, oh, well, let's say an inheritance gained uh, prematurely will not be blessed uh, ultimately. Now, you're right. Uh, I mean, well, you're right. Yes, Father, you are right here. <laughs> if you gain a, an inheritance before you are able to manage it, especially if it's lots of money, then um, you will not be blessed. In the in the end, the blessing, it, it, you, you have squandered it because you did not have or we don't have or whoever we are, the wisdom to use it uh, appropriately, right? Don't say, I will avenge this evil. Wait on the Lord and he will rescue you for sure. The Bible says, do good to them who despitefully use you. Pray for the, your enemies and all that stuff. We have to get it, get with it, right? And then he says also, though, uh, I, I will avenge. He says, I, I, I'll get them back. And by the way, he can do it better than we can. So we really don't want to be those who vindicate ourselves. Uh, differing weights, okay, are detestable to the Lord and dishonest scales are unfair. We already went through that. A man's steps are determined by the Lord. So how can anyone understand his own way? We've all also talked about this again, right? We think we know because we see, we think we have this wonderful brain and we do, it can do a lot. But what it cannot do is discern the future. It cannot tell you to go left or right. The poet says, two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I could not travel both. And there long I stood and looked down to where one bit in the other brush, and the, uh, something, something, and on I went. I took the one that the other one. And he said at the end, he it's made all the difference, the choice he made, um, but he doesn't know what was on the other path. You know, he's had some good days on this path, on this journey, but he stood and deliberated a long time. And who can say but that the Lord directed his paths? And so he became poet laureate of the United States. Can you mean <laughs> He surely did. Uh, and it's a great poem. But long I stood and, and looked before I made the decision. So uh, with God's help, right, you can, uh, you can acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will direct your paths, and that way you have a um, a good way to go. And who can understand his own way if my steps are determined by the Lord? I can't. I, I don't know what my way will uh, yield to to whether it be good or bad. If I'm all in my own head and never checking in with the Lord, it's a trap for anyone to dedic uh, dedicate something rashly and later to reconsider his own vows. This would be verse, What? where am I? My, the writing in this Bible is so little. Verse 25, right? So you make a promise quickly. Oh, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know what I mean? And then you have to go back on your word and you reconsider it. And there you become what? You you, you have, have been um, disloyal. You have uh, allowed someone to Consider that you might be there for them and you're not, right? We are not. I always like to include myself because I have, you know, you can be guilty of everything, uh, born in sin as we are. So 
you want to to wait. And we we already talked about um, not making a decision in haste, making sure that you can, you know. And I'm oh Lord, I think I buy myself up because I actually generally do make decisions on the spur of the moment. I I, I sell them. You you know, and when I'm thinking right, I will say, well, let me consider that. You know, let me uh, pray on. Let me check my schedule. That sort of thing. I got to be real busy to, to even think about saying that. So people ask me to do something, and I say it, but I, I I fear to be disloyal. I I have a thing in me that just hates that. So I try to stand, and then I end up being so um, stretched, right? So it's not good. It really is not good. And therefore, it's not good if you don't show up. It is also not good if you're so uh, stretched that you really hate that you ever said it. I don't think that either one of those merits anything good from the Lord. So let us be uh, wise there. A wise king separates the wicked and drives the threshing wheel over them. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Sister Ames also described this this morning. You know, is that threshing wheel being the one that separates the wheat from the chaff. And with the Lord, he says, the ungodly are like the chaff, which the wind blows away, and therefore they will not stand in the judgment, right? And therefore, uh, wise king, God Almighty separates the wicked, and he drives the threshing wheel over them. And, and the Lord says that we don't know. He told the angels when they said, can we go down? Do you want us to go down and, you know, get the, the uh, separate the wheat from the tares? And he said, but you don't know. Wait. You don't know who it is. You see, I know. So sometimes the wheat looks like the tear and the tear looks like the wheat. But we're growing in Christ and the Lord knows the ultimate outcome. And so he knows who is and who is not. And when all things are manifest and made plain, we will see that God always did know. May he be praised forever and ever. And finally, loyalty and faithfulness deliver a king through loyalty he maintains his throne, absolutely. And I tell you that if you are not loyal to a king, you're apt to not maintain your throne. <laughs> but God, uh, God really pays attention to the loyal and faithful. Listen, the race is not given to the swift, but to him that endures all the way. Hallelujah. Loyalty and faithfulness deliver. Deliver. So let us stay let us stay loyal and faithful to our Father. You know, just make a lifestyle. Never give up on God because he won't give up on you. I like that song. Oh, that's a great one. Never give up, right? The glory of a young man is strength. We covered this earlier. And beating uh, cleanse, cleanses the in, in, um, innermost parts. Now, people ask, why suffering? Why suffering, right? Well, uh, Ravi Zacharias says that when all things are good, the Lord is whispering. When things you start going through stuff, he's shouting at you. That's right. Uh, beatings really deliver us from the innermost parts, right? And that's what the uh, Proverbs are doing here. They're looking deep into us. They're causing us to see where we need a further deliverance where we need the hand of God to move and raise us up in himself because lashes and wounds purge away evil and beating cleanses the innermost parts. A little suffering and you shall be established. The Lord God Almighty has spoken. May he be praised. I just love him. I love him because he is not going to let you nor me leave here until we are absolutely without spot or wrinkle. God is seeing to it that we get to 
eternity. He promised, he said he would. Oh, Trap says, if wine is in good sense, it's definitely out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really good. <laughs> they used to call alcohol spirits, absolutely, because they... Uh, spirit also has reference to behavior, right? You got a whole bunch of behaviors that will jump out at you if you are uh, the kind of person who allows himself to overindulge in beer or wine. And definitely the brawling, right? We know that where there's a lot of uh, drinking, there is also, I mean, they know almost also, also a lot of brawling. Study the ant who works constantly because he knows uh, winter is coming. That's good too, right? So this is for the slacking thing and the procrastinator. And when you slack off, you look, harvest time comes, you look out, but you don't see anything. And that's where the, where she's, uh, I think, uh, referring to that, that particular uh, proverb. And how they're good afternoon, Sister P. Hello there, Sister Reams. Yes. Hello, hello, hello. By his grace and grace, we're cleansed. From Sister Reams, that's exactly right. And the battle is indeed the Lord's. He will fight every one of them and we will be victorious. I love the scripture that says, uh, I thank my God that through Jesus Christ, I am always victorious. And he makes it so because he is always speaking to us. Remember the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night knowledge. There is no place where their voice is not heard. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Oh my goodness, the, the law of the Lord is perfect, making wise and simple. And so Psalm 19 goes, Oh God is good and he has not made us and forgotten us. He doesn't sit far away. He is ever so near. Just a breath, and he will hear and respond. Oh, we've gone through very quickly because there are other things that we must be about. But I thank you for joining in tonight. I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We have done what we should do, what we gave word to do. And therefore, we can be grateful. God has met us. He's always meeting us. Whatever we do, wherever we are, and, um, uh, you know, uh, however it seems from time to time that the thing that you are doing, um, maybe maybe if it, it, you doubt yourself in it, right? You say, well, mm, right, but no, 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 I trust, I trust the Lord. And if ever I thought I heard him, then I'm going to continue until he tells me, that I didn't hear him. So blessings, blessings, blessings. Father, I pray that you have planted these words deep within us, each of us who were here to hear them either this morning or this evening. And that Father, it is in good soil because you have already turned it over and worked us, God, so that these words, these precious, this wisdom, will grow and we will grow and become more and more like you in every way. I thank you for it in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. May you, all of you, have a really good evening. I can say that because I know that you're in my neck of the woods. <laughs> and let us rejoice. We've dined sufficiently and God is always good. Have a good night. See you on the morrow, God willing. Ciao.
Ha, 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 ha.